Hi, I'm Kelsey Zeiser. Welcome to What's the Story, a short podcast from Light Reading, where we take a step back from the most significant topics in telecom to tell you the latest news, how we got here, what it all means, and what to expect next. Today, I'm talking with Light Reading's Mike Dano about how cable MVNOs are performing better than expected in terms of customer growth. Mike explains what this means for wireless provider competitors such as T-Mobile, and also why the cable companies may face challenges in future customer retention. Hey, Mike, welcome back to What's the Story? Hey, good morning, Kelsey. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm all right. <laughs> Just all right. I'm here. We'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it's good. As good as yeah. it's going to get. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Well, <laughs> on that note. <laughs> yeah. I think you have an update for us on cable MVNOs. What's going yes. on there? The fun, the never-ending fun of cable MVNOs in the U.S. Always so an interesting. So fun. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, what's that? I said so fun. So fun. Super fun. It's just as fun as it gets. Really? I mean, it is. A, I mean, to be honest, it's like, it is a really interesting story. Like, um, you know, the when they were announced several years ago when like Comcast and Charter first launched their mobile thing, um, you know, everybody kind of thought, well, it'll, you know, it'll, it'll be worth watching. It'll probably have some minor impact on the industry. Um, but I don't think that anyone really expected it to be as big of a deal as it is now. And in fact, I think it was, uh, it was John Ledger, the former CEO of T-Mobile made a, you know, a snide comment when they first launched, like, you know, it's not going to amount to much. We don't have to really worry about it. And here, you know, that, that, that absolutely is not what happened here now in the year 2023. Um, we just finished with the second quarter earnings season and the cable MVNOs. When you put them all together, they accounted for 47% of all postpaid wireless industry net customer additions. Ha, basically. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing for just a bunch of MVNOs. Like it's a, it is a big, it's a big number. Um, and so that's, you know, that's, that's pretty noteworthy for, you know, starting from basically nothing and no one had big expectations to now basically, you know, half the market with no end in sight, really. They, I mean, I think most uh, analysts are now expecting that is going to be, you know, for the next year, two years, three years, maybe they'll account for, you know, 30, 40, 50% of, of, uh, net customer additions in, in the wireless industry, which is wow. a huge deal. Um, but so, so here's the new thing though, Kelsey, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, my telepathy is yes. strong this morning. <laughs> what are we, what are we talking? What are we looking at this quarter? Well, um, that's a good question. Uh, so the the interesting thing now is like they're trying to figure out like where are the where are all these customers coming from, who who is signing up for uh, the cable MVNOs, are are cable MVNOs stealing customers from somebody like a Verizon or a T-Mobile, um, are sort of where are all these new customers coming from, and and that's been a really interesting like question mark for more than a year now, partly because just in general, like the US wireless industry is growing at a at a faster pace than a lot of people expected. It sort of it sort of took off like kind of um uh 2021, 2022 during the COVID 
um, it, th there was just a lot of new customers coming into the wireless industry. And it, it's still like that. So even, so I've got the numbers, I'm going to pull them up from the analysts at TD Cohen. And they said, you know, during the second quarter, there were basically 2 million new postpaid customers came into the wireless industry during the second quarter, um, which is a lot. Uh, and that's still sort of at the elevated rate. So the sort of the rate jumped, you know, kind of in 2021, 2022. Uh, and, and basically every year it's like 10 million, there's 10 million new postpaid customers in the industry, which is basically double what had been seen in prior years. And did that they, case um, yeah. Did they provide any information on demographics? Are those, I'm just curious if, if those are like teens that are, you know, their parents are like, oh, okay, you can now be, have a cell phone or are those people that were maybe prepaid and moved to postpaid or exactly. were just, you know, rural hanging on to landline. Yep. I think it's all of the above, you know, in, in various buckets. I think you got it. It's like, there's a lot, what they assume is there's a lot of um, prepaid customers signing up for postpaid accounts. There's a lot of business users that are buying a second line. There's a lot of uh, uh, phone, uh, increasingly younger children are getting phones. They're sort of adding to the base. They're adding to all this growth. People are getting second lines, you know, uh, of service. Um, so there's, yeah, I think it's coming from everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so that's what the, so that's the interesting thing this quarter is that there's, there's sort of a debate going on right now about whether or not all of these new customers that are coming to the cable companies, are they sort of legitimate customers? Or are they people who are just signing up for a, a second or third line of service that they actually don't need? And they're doing it to get a free phone, they're doing it to get cheap service. Um, they're, they're, there's, there's a debate about whether or not those new customer signups are, are actually new customers who are actually using the service and will actually stay after their promotional term has ended. That's oh, okay. the big question going on right now. And the T-Mobile CEO, uh, during the T-Mobile earnings call um, a couple of weeks ago, he basically said that. He's like, you need to look at the the actual quality of the customers that the cable guys are signing up because we don't think that they are quality customers. We think that they're, they're going to, you know, basically be gone in a year after the promotional pricing ends. Yeah. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if um, maybe some companies, you know, were canceling their, um, their office phone lines during the pandemic and just having their employees, like you said, at a, maybe at another line at an office line. Um, but with some people going back to the office that could change. And then, like you said, you know, what if it's just um, based on promotion? So yeah, I'll be curious to see, um, you know, in the next, over the next year or so is maybe some of those promotions and what happens to those customers. That's exactly the thing. So the, the analysts at TD Cohen said, um, you know, they, they talked about this debate between it's mainly T-Mobile and mainly charter. They're sort of sniping at each other a little bit. And they said <laughs> that, um, you know, uh, they said that we believe the truth lies somewhere in between. So mm -hmm. they, you know, there's probably some truth to T-Mobile, but also probably Charter is signing up a, a large number of actual real customers. And they said that, you know, the real, what will, what will really help determine the sort of long-term, you know, sustainability of all this is what happens in the fourth quarter of this year. Yeah. Uh, uh, sort of, you know, we'll find out sort of December, 
or January of next year when the reporting season starts is that they said that um, the the, the uh, charter's promotional period ends in the fourth quarter. And so you'll start to see, are people signing up to stay with charter or are they going to churn off and you'll actually see a decline in charters, uh, gross ads, or even a loss of customers. That's, that's when we'll know, we'll know whether, whether those are sort of real customers or whether they're not real customers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think one thing maybe they have going for them as well is um, just even after promotion ends, I I feel like it's a little bit, it can be challenging to switch over to a different um, wireless provider, especially if you're, you know, locked in with a phone contract, some will buy you out of the contract if you switch. Um, but then, you know, is, is another provider really going to provide, <laughs> sorry, I keep saying provide a lot. Yeah. <laughs> are they You're really going to context though? So that helps. Yes. Are yes. they going to offer something comparable or competitive? Because I feel like everything's gotten so expensive. You know, is it, is it worth it just to go ahead and stick with the cable MVNOs if, if you've been happy with their service and maybe your price goes up a little bit, but I imagine they're fairly competitive which is probably making T-Mobile and, um, you know, the incumbents um, shaking in their boots just a little bit. Uh, well, we'll see how it plays out. That's a good point. I mean, I think there's a couple of things. Like one is if if you are a customer who has already paid off their phone, meaning that you own that phone, you're not making payments on it anymore. You can, I mean, you could switch service every month. Like you can just take your phone, take your number and just go to whoever's offering the cheapest plan because you can just sign up for a month and then, you know, cancel. So I think, I think that will be a a factor. And then, you know, the other thing is we're seeing a lot of like, um, I think we're seeing increasing competition on price. For example, um, you know, Dish and their Boost brand, they're offering $25 a month services. Um, The cable guys continue to offer it about 40 or 45. But then what's interesting is that uh, both AT&T um, and Verizon have increased their prices, uh, uh, including on their legacy plans. So like they're going up the price stack. So we'll see if that might push people off AT&T and Verizon. Maybe they'll go to Comcast and Charter. Maybe they'll go to, you know, a prepaid service that's cheaper. You know, we just don't know. We'll, we're going to have to see how that pricing battle plays out this year as well, as especially as all those customers are rolling off of charters, you know, year promotion pricing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely be interesting to watch. Well, thanks, Mike, for the update and uh, keep us posted on how things roll out. Will do. Thanks, Kelsey. Thank you so much, Mike, for taking the time to talk today. And thank you to our amazing producer, Pierre Landrio, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more interviews and insights from the team. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.